Well, it was a good day for the Vancouver Canucks in filling out the all-star rosters. Marc-Andre Fleury gets himself into second place all-time in the NHL and wins. And Valeri Nishuskin goes into the player assistance program. A lot to discuss on today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. We are your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast. We are your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown NHL your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. Today's episode of Lockdown NHL is brought to you by GameTime. You can download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. On today's episode of Lockdown NHL, we'll take a look at the remainder of the Western Conference All-Star roster. As uh, the fill-ins were announced, the voted-in players were uh, were added to the mix. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Marc-Andre Fleury's historic night for the Minnesota Wild last night. And we'll discuss both Valeri Nishuskin heading into the player assistance program and Gabriel Landeskog potentially uh, getting himself closer to a return for the avalanche. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wild, one half of the dynamic duo for your Western Conference Tuesday edition of Locked on NHL. Joined today again by Nick Morgan of Locked on Predators. Nick, a busy one for us here today uh, because... I don't know what that was. That uh, uh, apparently, if you give a thumbs up to your laptop, uh, fireworks pop up. Wow. Uh, so it works for some, not for others. That's yeah, that's that okay cool. though. Yeah, that um, that completely threw me. But uh, but that's <laughs> and, sweet. And we'll be seeing some fireworks at the All Star Game, Seth, <laughs> because hey, the rosters are out. Uh, great segue. Um, yeah, we uh, we saw the filling of the rosters, and uh, let's just start with the uh, the coaching side, as uh, Rick Tockett and Rick Bonus will be uh, coaching in the All Star Game. And I mean, you look at it, and it's the two; those are the two best teams in the Western Conference, and so obviously. Um, their coaches deserve some accolades as well. And, uh, you know, it's it's crazy that I think those two franchises are the ones that um, at this point in the season have been the two best consistently in the West. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I think that's like the NHL rule where it's like the first and second at the at the certain time frame are, are the all-star coaches. Uh, I remember it used to be what the uh, – the Stanley cup winning coach and the Stanley cup running up coach used to be like the head coach. And mm-hmm. I don't know who, who knows how they do it anymore. Um, yeah. I mean, good to kind of see two teams that we weren't really sure were going to be in this position uh, represented uh, on the bench. Uh, and if you're the Vancouver Canucks, you're also going to be well represented on the ice because uh, four fan votes 
more yeah. more than any other team. Remember, there's only 12 spots in the entire uh, NHL up for grabs, and Vancouver put four uh, of their guys in those 12 spots. Yeah, it um, it ended up that it was Brock Besser, Thatcher Demko, JT Miller, and Elias Pettersson. Then also Alexander Gorgiev, Kale McCarr, and uh, Leon Dreisaitl were uh, all voted in from the Western Conference side. And, I mean, really, I, I have no objection to any of those guys being uh, added into the mix. I mean, Gorgiev near the top of the list from a wins perspective because he starts almost every game for the Colorado Avalanche. And so um, no surprises there. No surprise on Makar, Dreisaitl just having a, another Dreisaitl-y season. And Vancouver getting rewarded for what has been just a real solid showing for them. So from the uh, from the vote inside, I really don't have a ton of objection to any of these guys. Um, I, I did find it interesting, though, that Vancouver is the one that gets the most love here. Yeah, I mean, I guess the Canucks just really like their guys. Uh, I mean, Colorado added two more, uh, so... Uh, I guess abs fans too. Um, and you know, t- on the other side, Toronto putting three in, uh, was no surprise, but I mean, it's hard to argue with like any of the Vancouver picks, you know, because I mean, Hey, they're the best team. And you know, it's like, you know how there's always like the fan vote where there's like the one guy that gets in just based on name alone, or mm-hmm. that he just happens to be like the, the, you know, the veteran player on like your team's, you know, the, the biggest ballot stuffing team in that year. But, you know, you look in uh, over the four Canucks and pretty much all four guys voted in plus Quinn Hughes, of course, uh, deserve to be there. Besser is having a season that I think a lot of people would maybe call out of nowhere. One of the NHL's leading goal scorers, Demko, you know, you, you talk about the sort of redemption year that he's having back healthy uh, for the first time in a couple of years and really starting to show like the old Thatcher Demko. Uh, JT Miller is quite like one of maybe the most underrated guy in the NHL this season. Uh, you know, I think he was what, maybe fifth in scoring last time I checked. It was like top, you know, five, six, somewhere in that area. And then Elias Pettersson, who, uh, is pacing that offense. So uh, I'm more impressed with the fact that, you know, Vancouver won all these players and it's not like, ah, it was just Vancouver fans stuff in the ballot box. Like they clearly, yeah. all of them had a very, very, very good case to be an all-star even over some of the guys that didn't make it. Uh, we're burying the lead from the all-star uh, perspective though here, Nick. Um, did you see that the NHL is really trying to live long and prosper in how the uh, jerseys were revealed. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I I tweeted out a p- picture. Or I, I uh, quote tweeted a picture of the uh, jerseys, and I was like, eh. And somebody responded with a picture of the uh, the Star Trek outfits, and I'm like, that's, that's it. And... You know, there's there's nothing wrong with them per se, but they're just very, I don't know. It, it's like, 
I said it was a big moment for Microsoft Paint. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's what it, it just looked like. Somebody, like, took the, like, the Hardee's logo. Yeah. Uh, and just, like, stuck it on the jersey and just, you know, did a little yellow paint marker and erased the little smiley face and just wrote, like, All-Star on it. Uh, also, for the whatever crossover of NHL and NASCAR fans there are listening to this, uh, go look at that red jersey and tell me that doesn't remind you of like the number 94 Bill Elliott paint scheme, the <laughs> McDonald's paint scheme from the <laughs> 1990s. And again, like the two crossover NASCAR NHL fans listening to this right now are going to remember and be like, ah, oh, yeah, absolutely. That does. That That's just outstanding. I, uh, I'm, I'm not a NASCAR guy myself but i can just imagine um i I can just imagine and it just yeah it's i don't know what we expected from the all-star uniforms but i i guess i didn't expect that it it was the beebs chalk it up to the beebs that was his baby well um stay in your lane i guess and uh just just stick to music is that's that's about all I got. What what did you think of the like the all black Maple Leafs alternate jersey? Because that was his too. It's better than the stars neon green all black, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, the, the jersey with the uh, the the Maple Leafs jersey was a hit. This one is a, a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, let's let's just I, I don't know. It's it's hurting my brain. Um, let's move on to a milestone performance for Mark Andre Fleury as he moves into second place all time in wins in the NHL. We'll talk about the chances that he passes Martin Brodeur as we continue today's episode of the Lockdown NHL podcast after this. Today's episode of Lockdown NHL is brought to you by Game Time. And if one of your resolutions in 2024 is to attend more concerts, see your favorite sports team in action more frequently, or to just go find some comedy and uh, put some laughter in your life, Game Time can help you do that and can make it as stress-free as possible. Game Time offers you last-minute deals on tickets, Plus, they also show you what you'll see from your seat before you even buy your tickets. And don't worry about those pesky fees that pop up in the checkout line. Game Time will show you exactly what it's going to cost for your tickets before you ever purchase your tickets. All of those are reasons to make Game Time your go-to destination for ticket buying because they can help you take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to today's episode of the Lockdown NHL Podcast. Once again, we are your team every day. Seth Topal joined by Nick Morgan and Nick. Marc-Andre Fleury got his win last night to uh, move him into second place all time. 552 wins on the season. He's totally going to stay in the league long enough to pass Martin Brodeur, right? 
how how much does he have left? He's got a. I think he has to get to 140 wins. Um, 150, 140 more to pass Brodeur. So that's basically three more seasons of being the best goalie in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see three more 40 win seasons out of Mark Andre Fleury. Why not? So Let's just have him go for it. Be like the Ovechkin, where it's just he's gonna be in net until he's like fifty-one, chasing yeah. his record. Just let him go to the Boston Bruins and just have him start and win all eighty-two games for three straight seasons. The funny thing about this, in all honesty, is it, it's kind of been it's been reported throughout the year that it looks like this is gonna be it. For Flurry, that this is going to be it's the final season of his career. But Nick, he's playing pretty well at this stage of his career, and so I, it, it's going to be his call. Mm-hmm. But honestly, if he decided that he wanted to give it one more go, he's still productive enough as a goalie to be able to pick up wins in this league. And I don't know if it would be a reunion in Pittsburgh. I don't know if it would be. It probably wouldn't be a reunion in, you know, Vegas or Chicago. It feels like it would be either Pittsburgh or Minnesota if he does want to give it one more go. But then the question that I posed after last night's game, if he does come back, he's not going to he's probably not going to catch Brodeur. He's not going to catch Brodeur. So at this point, you're only coming back to try to get one more Stanley Cup and that's probably not likely in Minnesota. Is that something that Pittsburgh would be able to achieve? I don't know. It's hard to say. I feel like Pittsburgh this, this season right here is is kind of their window. Yeah. And I was a little bit surprised that, um, you know, they were even in it this year. You know, I thought they were going to take a big step back, even with Eric Carlson uh, in the fold. So, I mean, they're sort of the poster childs of proving everybody wrong right now, but you know, the, the big question I have with Flurry is obviously shut out last night, uh, has been playing pretty well over the past, you know, you know, couple weeks or so, but not the best start to the season. I think he's at 897 save percentage, which means his save percentage since that last year in Vegas uh, dips a little bit every year. And mm-hmm. remember, even before that season where he came back in and won the won the Vezina, uh, somehow despite not being starting goalie in the playoffs, um, you know, there it, it's it was kind of shaky for Flurry even before that. So I mean the big question uh if you're any team that is kind of looking to make that sort of, oh, let's just, you know, have Marc-Andre Fleury back, backstop his way to the wins record. Whatever team, you're just going to have to ask, okay, which Marc-Andre Fleury are we going to be getting for the next one, two, three years, however long, like, he would want to come back for? Are you getting, you know, the Marc-Andre Fleury from a couple of years ago? Probably not. You're getting this Marc-Andre Fleury who is just, you know, still been all right, but it's kind of slowly progressed every year over the last, you know, four years or so. And, uh, and obviously not all of it's his fault. You know, anybody's going to look bad on the Chicago Blackhawks over the past couple of years. Um, 
I just I just think it's I'm I'm not sure that we're gonna get Flurry's best uh if he just if he decides to come back. Could be wrong, could be very wrong, but it just kind of feels like you know maybe this is sort of the last big run uh for Mark Andre Fleury before he sort of rides into the sunset. Unless he in you know, if he comes back, I just I just don't trust that it's going to be a spectacular run. Yeah, and I I do get the sense that this was the thing this was the last thing that he was chasing. Like to be able to get himself to second all time in wins. Right. That was kind of the last because he's won he's won Stanley Cups. He's won Vesna trophies. He's accomplished pretty much everything as a goalie that you can throughout the course of his career. And so I don't think unless he signs with somebody else, which at this point, are you going to uproot your family to a different location for one season? I I think at this point, he probably is going to hang it up once the season is done. And just just be able to uh, to go into the Hall of Fame right away uh, because he's unquestioned one of the best goalies to ever do it. And I find myself trying to appreciate it more as the season unfolds that the uh, that wild fans have had the opportunity to watch him do his thing, even at the kind of the twilight of his career. It's it's been a blast to have him p- as part of this group um, and to just see kind of how he rubs off on other players as somebody who's been in the league for 20 seasons. Like you want a testament to longevity and durability at the goalie position. There are few, if any, who have been able to do it better than Flurry. And yeah. so, you know, it's just it's fun to see him kind of leave his mark on this team and get a standing ovation from the fans last night. He got absolutely mobbed by his teammates after the game. Uh, it was just a really cool moment to see. And I, I keep telling myself to enjoy every second of it. You know, we, we don't see this all that often where a franchise gets somebody who is like a hall of famer to uh, to come in and to uh, just impact them for a couple of seasons and then right off into the sunset. It's just it's been a lot of fun from my yeah. perspective to see it unfold. And he genuinely loves Minnesota mm-hmm. as well. Remember, he had a chance to I think it traded what last year uh, at the deadline or was it the year before, um, you know, and didn't want to leave Minnesota uh you know a chance to go somewhere else as a free agent didn't want to leave minnesota so he's comfortable there and i think he really likes playing there and i think that speaks a lot to you know sort of the environment around minnesota and the appreciation that the fans have for him how much he likes that locker room so yeah i mean if there was a situation where he'd come back i'd feel like it's wild or or nothing at this point yeah i i agree so we'll uh we'll see there's always going to be flurry watch until he officially decides to hang it up but uh congratulations to the one they call the flower for win number 552 in his illustrious career um we will finish today's episode by talking about valeri nishuskin heading into the player assistance program and the potential for the captain to join the avalanche 
on the ice before the postseason gets started. That is all on the way here on today's episode of Locked on NHL. Once again, we are your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. It is almost the halfway point of the NHL season. And regardless of where your team is in the current standings, I want to remind you, you could still win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether names like Elias Pettersson, Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, or Connor McDavid will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. One final segment of today's episode of the Lockdown NHL podcast. And after today's episode, make sure that you head over to the first of its kind 24-7 streaming channel, Locked On Sports today will take you through all of the biggest stories in the wide world of sports, 24-7 sports for you. Uh, so make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already to Locked On Sports today so you don't miss out on your favorite teams and your favorite sports all throughout the day. Seth Topol and Nick Morgan finishing up today's episode of Locked on NHL. And Nick, uh, we got some news yesterday uh, from the Colorado Avalanche that Valeri Nishuskin is going to be heading to the player assistance program. And so first off, uh, good for Nishuskin to it's it's always a tough step to acknowledge well, in any work in any walk of life. It's always a tough step to acknowledge that you need some help and credit to him for uh, for putting himself in position to get it. That, I think, is the big takeaway from this. That's that's the big message to pull from this. And obviously, you know, we saw the support messages from the uh, the avalanche yesterday. And so the hope first and foremost is that he's able to get what he needs it, before the thought to even before the thought even enters your head that um, you hope that he's able to get back on the ice. Like first and foremost, let's let's look at the human element here and uh, just hope that he's able to get what he needs. And then you can look at a return to the ice, you know, at some point down the line after that. Agree. I think you 100% said it best. And I think it's, it's tough in, you know, the modern sports environment because, you know, there's not just, you want to see your team do well, but you know, there there's fantasy sports and there's, you know, betting apps and everything like that. And I think just people get sort of caught up on, okay, I need this player to do well because, you know, I have, you know, money on this game or, you know, I need a big day from this guy because he's on my fantasy team or, 
you know, oh, my team is screwed because this player is gone now. And I think it's really easy to fall into that habit. Um, and I think, you know, there are certain situations that pop up around the NHL every year that I think forces us to remind ourselves that these are human beings at a job, you know, in, in all intents and purposes. And your job is not necessarily your life. I mean, if you or I, Seth, or anybody listening uh, needed, you know, some sort of help or needed to step away for whatever reason, you know, we would expect sort of our employers, our families, our friends to kind of, you know, or the people we work with to kind of, you know, hopefully be understanding and give us that space. So, you know, when a situation like Val Nishushkin pops up, you know, I think that's important for us to remember is that this is a human being trying to help his life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something as soon as as soon as he makes that decision, you know, his job, which is hockey, comes second. So I think you said it best. Um, as for the on ice impact. Yeah, I mean, this is a interesting situation for Colorado because he was playing extremely well. Uh, over the last little bit. I think he had six points, uh, including five goals in his last six games. Um, You know, 42 points this season in 40 games. He's back to kind of where we saw him a couple of years ago. Uh, And this is an avalanche team that has kind of struggled with depth Mm -hmm. at times this year um, beyond the guys like Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. Um, and, and Nishushkin. So this is going to test the avalanche, you know, a little bit further to see how they're going to step up um, and get some of that lost production, maybe in the form of another big name player who might just happen to sort of pop up on the team in the next little bit. Yeah. Funny. You should mention that because there were also reports swirling that Landeskog, the captain is trying to get himself back into playing shape to potentially be able to join the roster ahead of the postseason. And Nick, you and I have talked about this in previous episodes. It's It's been a Colorado team that has certainly racked up wins, but they just, since Landeskog went out of the lineup, they just have not had kind of that put-away gear to where they're beating teams, you know, a 5-2 win is is certainly a, a strong showing, but with Landeskog in the lineup, some of those games were ending up 7-2, to 8-2. to two. Like, he just adds, as you as you said, with, with Nishuskin out of the lineup, he just adds a, an element to what the Avs have been able to do. And so if they were able to get him back, I know if we look at the Western Conference right now, you would uh, you'd put Winnipeg as probably the team to beat in the Western Conference right now. Vancouver is in that conversation too. Yeah. Um, but if you add Landeskog to that Avalanche mix going into the postseason, honestly, for me, I think that vaults the Avs to at least number two in the West if they were able to get him back going into the playoffs, he makes that big of a difference to, uh, to what the avalanche do. And so if they get him back, that is massive for Colorado because they're, they're going to make the postseason. Like there, there's no level of epic collapse 
that could keep them out of the playoffs at this point. If they can add that, uh, if they can add Landeskog to the mix, that's a dangerous team. Yeah. All right. So please join us again in four months when we talk about the Avalanche's epic collapse <laughs> uh, and just barely missing the playoffs. Uh, the Nashville Predators squeak in again to the to the last spot. No, I mean it's look. We talked about earlier, you know, with some of the stuff that came up with. Um, who was it? Was it Devon Taze's comments, you know, sort of after the locker room and the whole, um, you know, Miko Rantanen and versus, you know, Arturi Lekkonen's dad thing that was going on. And, you know, we kind of mentioned it was just sort of weird vibes in the locker room. And, you know, people forget that, you know, Gabe Landeskog is the captain of the Colorado Avalanche for a reason, because he's sort of that glue guy. You know, he's sort of, you know, the the main man in the locker room, you know, the guy that, you know, players come to, the guy that, you know, can kind of sort out, you know, talk through some stuff with guys. So I think just having that back, that sort of aspect back, gets the Avalanche back to maybe like the 2022 vibes or, you know, the vibes when the Avalanche were first really starting to come up. And Landis Cog was not only a very strong player, but, you know, he's sort of the guy to kind of manage the locker room mm-hmm. a bit. And, you know, I, I'm with you. Whatever the Avalanche do at the trade deadline, it's not going to be as impactful as potentially getting Landis Cog back from the playoffs. And it seems like that's kind of the timetable is let's get him skating. Let's get him up to speed. And if we're in the like, if we're in the postseason, uh, he's ready to go for game one. That seems to kind of be what the strategy is for the Avs at this point. But, but yeah, I mean, if if that happens, that's the biggest addition to a team, uh, a team's roster going into the postseason. Yeah, that would, and that would add just another layer to the Western Conference playoff picture. Is having him back, and I mean, the postseason is compelling enough as it is. Could be some juicy matchups in the West when we get to the uh, postseason picture. So yeah. we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on it for you. We'll of course have uh, plenty more on that as we get closer to the playoffs. I don't want to think about the playoffs right now because there's still another half of the season to go. And so locked on NHL will have you covered as we uh, move throughout the rest of the season. Uh, that is going to conclude today's episode. So again, we appreciate everybody tuning in on a daily basis and making Lockdown NHL part of your daily routine and your first listen each and every day. You can find more coverage from Lockdown NHL throughout the week with new episodes every Monday through Friday from our panel of hosts and uh, the other Lockdown NHL experts. So uh, please do tune in throughout the week. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you have not already. And uh, we will catch you again tomorrow with yet another edition of the Lockdown NHL podcast. Once again, we are your team every day.